Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter three called Taking Away and Creating. Go to Isaiah 56. This, to me, is the idea of a shepherd. And when a shepherd is leading and sheep are following and he leads them astray, he's accountable. Look at Isaiah 56, 10. And by the way, we are all shepherds in one way or another leading somebody. Isaiah 56, 10. His watchmen are blind. All of them know nothing. All of them are dumb dogs, unable to bark. Some of you say, that would be a dream if my dog could not bark. (laughs) Some of you have taken great pains to put that electric thing on your doggy. Anyway, dreamers lying down who love to slumber, 56.11. And the dogs are greedy. They are not satisfied. They are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way each one to unjust gain, to his unjust gain, to the last one. Come, they say, let us get wine. Let us drink heavily of strong drink. And tomorrow will be like today, only more so. They say, ah, nothing's going to change. Let's go out. We'll get loaded. It'll be cool. The next day will be just like the day before. And God says, don't bank on it. Because there's going to be a time when I pull the plug. Isaiah Then Jeremiah, go to chapter 3, just the next book, Jeremiah 3.11. Jeremiah 3.11, the Lord said to me, faithless Israel has proved herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Jeremiah 3.12. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return faithless Israel. Look at the heart of God. Declares the Lord, I will not look upon you in anger, for I am gracious, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. 3.13. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God. See, that's where it starts. You've got to acknowledge your iniquity, right? That you've transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your favors to the strangers under every green tree. You have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Return, faithless, O faithless sons, 14, declares the Lord, for I am a master to you, and I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. What is the role of a shepherd? To feed the flock. And they will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Sometimes, some of you may ask the question, why does living truth do what it does? Why do we spend so much time studying the Bible? Because when you are fed with knowledge and understanding from the Holy One, it will permeate every area of your personal life and the corporate life of this body. It will permeate every ministry. It will, the Word of God will dictate what we do because God is the shepherd of His church. So if He's going to lead it, we need to hear His voice. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. Amen? So the point of biblical teaching is so that it might permeate every area of your life that you might walk the path of life. How do you know a good shepherd? 
Well, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, what did he do? He laid down his life for his sheep. One writer says, that's leadership. That is love we can trust. If you watch a leader stepping on the backs of people and grinding them down and always trying to extract from them, that is not good leadership. Good leadership is encouraging and edifying. Yes, challenging at times, we all know that. But the point of good leadership is servant leadership lays down its life so that others might what? Experience life. The greatest leader of all is Jesus. What did he show us when he, when he washed their feet that uh, in the last 48 hours before he died, what was he showing them? I've given, you call me master teacher? You're right, that's what I am. If I, your teacher and Lord, washed your feet, you should what? Wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should follow because they were always arguing about what? I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Can I be at your right hand, be at your left hand? Right? Go to Luke chapter three. So John the Baptist shows up on the scene. People are wondering if John's the Messiah. And they ask him some questions. He's been preaching the baptism of repentance, Luke 3, 7. And he therefore began saying to the multitudes who were going out to be baptized by him, notice this sermon, you brood of vipers. <laughs> Luke 3, 7. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? That's how to... That's how you get church growth right there. Therefore, bring forth fruits in keeping with repentance, Luke 3.8. Fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. It's about our lineage, right? For I say to you that God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham, 3.9. And also the ax is already laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the multitudes were questioning him, saying, then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, let the man who has two tunics share with him who has none. Let him who has food do likewise. And some tax gatherers also came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than what you have been ordered to. 14. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, and what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. A lot of people need to underline that one. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation, all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he might be the Christ, John answered and said to them all, as for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, I'm not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Here's a quote. One of the marks of revival is not just high-octane worship, which cost us no self-denial and might even reinforce selfishness. True revival awakens a new sense of our responsibility to one another, which is contrary to our selfishness and therefore a more revealing indicator of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You ask John the Baptist, what shall we do? Oh, get a jam and worship service going on. What shall we do? Oh, no, what did John say? The mark of being baptized by the Holy Spirit or having fruit in keeping with repentance is horizontal. Yes, it's a vertical 
being born again of the Spirit and being right with God, but it will manifest itself. Here's what the book of James is saying. James is not saying you're saved by works, but he's saying that the way that you will really bear out a true faith is by fruit that affects other people. You will actually give a coat away. You will actually give some food away. See, revival, we always think, is going to be some radical... uh, jam-packed sanctuary, and I pray that it is that, but it's more than that. It's when people go out the doors and say, you know what? My neighbor may need something. This person may need some clothes on their back. I heard about this need. I'd like to feed the poor. I'd like to do something. And that's really what one of the greatest preachers said. If you want to know what to do in light of your baptism, here's what you ought to do. You know someone who doesn't have a coat? Go give them one. You know someone who doesn't have food? Go give it to them. And you'll show that the Holy Spirit's in your life. How many of us have ever considered that that could be the true mark of a revival in our nation? That we would actually have the heart of God. Go back to Isaiah. See, that's what we've been studying in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, hasn't it? That the heart of a church is here to give and not to get. And when we're giving, we're really pleasing the Lord, and we're honoring him, and we're really living the gospel. Look at 16, Isaiah 3. Moreover, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are proud, we'll move quickly through this section, and walk with their heads held high, Isaiah 3, 16, and seductive eyes, we've now shifted to the ladies, and go along with mincing steps, and tinkle the bangles on their feet. Now, some of you are saying, what? Let me read the NIV. The Lord says the women of Zion are haughty. This suggests the women of the city and also it personifies the city. They walk along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, tripping along with mincing steps, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. And what they would do is they would put these little ornaments on their ankles and it made it difficult to walk in your normal way. So you had to do a ding, 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 you had to do little short little steps. But the way that your bells tinkled when you walk drew attention to yourself. And you like that. So you, you get dressed in the morning and you put your little bells on. Say, let's go walk in the city. Hey. Hi. I'm sure some of you are making connections, but I will leave that alone. Therefore, the Lord will afflict the scalp of the daughters of Zion with scabs. Ouch. The Lord will make their foreheads bare. In that day, the Lord will take away the beauty of their anklets, headbands, crescent ornaments, dangling earrings, bracelets, veils, 20, headdresses, ankle chains, sashes, perfume boxes, amulets, Finger rings, nose rings, festal robes, outer tunics, cloaks, money purses, hand mirrors, wow, that's contemporary, (laughs) undergarments, turbans, and veils. Now it will come about, and I want you to see the phrase instead of, because that's the key phrase in 24. It will come about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be putrefaction. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of a well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a donning of sackcloth and branding iron instead of beauty. Here is the image of captivity. 
Here's the image of a, of a people that was walking around, jing jangling around, proud, arrogant, parading their sin. God says, no more. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%, and because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations, where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help, too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Now, it will come about, and I want you to see the phrase instead of, because that's the key phrase in 24. It will come about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be putrefaction. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of a well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a donning of sackcloth and branding iron instead of beauty. Here is the image of captivity. Here is the image of a, of a people that was walking around, jing jangling around, proud, arrogant, parading their sin. And God says, no more. I'm going to bring an invading army, and this was manifested both in the Assyrian uh, invasion and then in Babylon, and it will be probably a future fulfillment as well when the judgment of God will come down hard and instead of all the beauty stuff that you just said here, there will be no more swagger. You might want to write down in your notes 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10 and 1 Peter 3, 4 where God says the most important beauty that a Christian woman displays is the radiant uh, inner beauty of the Holy Spirit in her life, not her outward adornment. Your men will fall by the sword, 25. Your mighty ones in battle and her gates will lament and mourn. The gates are a personification of the city and women sitting there. And deserted, she will sit on the ground for one. For seven women, because of war and captivity, will take hold of one man in that day, saying, we will eat our own bread and we'll buy our own food. We'll wear our own clothes. You don't have to do anything for us. Only let us be called by your name. Make us your wife and take away our reproach. Here are two main ideas of widowhood and childlessness, both as a result of men being killed in battle and taken off, off into captivity. So that seven women will find a man somewhere on the street that's still alive and clothed and say, please make me your wife. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. He's dead. 
take away my reproach. Now, if I, if I ended there tonight, I think you'd all walk out going, oh my goodness, this is terrible. What do we do now? What do we do with this? That's why I wanted to read the end of chapter four. <laughs> In that day, the branch of the Lord, I want you to see now a beauty that, that begins to emerge from all the destruction. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of what? The survivors of Israel. I'm going to give you some verses. Just write them down. Daniel 12.10, which indicates that the day of uh, Jacob's trouble is a result or is a, the reason for it is God wind, wanting to purify the people of Israel. Write down in your margin, Daniel 12.10. There will be a remnant that survives the end times situation in Daniel's 70th week. Don't have time to go there right now. Uh, and it will come about that he who is left in Zion, the remnant, and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, set apart to the Lord. Everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. You might want to write down in your margin there the book of life and look up verses related to that because I think they're connected. Verse four. When the Lord has washed away the filth, the reason for the day of the Lord, at least a portion of it and the, the persecution and so forth is for a purging. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. Right in your margin, 125 and 4810, you'll see the same ideas where God is coming in to judge, but his ultimate motive is purifying and purging. Sometimes you've had God's disciplined hand come on your life, right? You're uncomfortable, you feel like you're in the furnace, and you're going, Lord, what are you doing? I'm your child, remember? <laughs> What's going on? And the Lord works all things together for good and part of his disciplined hand in your life is to purify and purge you. Of what? Sin. Because his goal is to make you more into the image of what? His son. Then the Lord will create over. And I want you to see, and we're almost done. He's taken away, right? He's judged, he's judged, he's taken away, he's judged, he's judged. Instead of this, you'll get this. Instead of this, you'll get this because of this. And he takes away, and he doesn't just give back. That's not what God does. God doesn't just take away and then give you something back of equal value. But when the Lord takes away, he creates over. His goal is not to fix you up a little bit. It's to make you new. See, we think sometimes that Christianity is just about a little bit of better morality and life enhancement. No. No, God wants to make you new. That's what he's doing. That's why it hurts. Because he wants to make you all over again. He wants to make you what? He has made you what? A new creation in Christ Jesus. So he will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day. This is the glory cloud now. Even smoke, the brightness of flaming fire by night for over all the glory will be a canopy. We'll talk about that in a minute. And there will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and a refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. This is the return of the glory that left. You can reference Ezekiel 43, especially verses 1 through 10. Turn to Revelation 7. We're out of time, so this is my last verse. Revelation 7. 
As we go through the seals in the book of Revelation, we see that between the sixth and seventh seal, there's an event that takes place where a group of people appear in heaven, Revelation 7. And some of the language connects to what we just read about the glory of the Lord, the canopy, the protection. So I just want to read it for you. Revelation 7, 9. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count. From every nation, that would include Israel by the way, and all tribes and peoples and tongues, languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. Revelation 7.10. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. And one of the elders answered saying to me, to John, these who are clothed in white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, my Lord, you know, And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them. Speaks of protection and security. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, that's Jesus, in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. You've been listening to Taking Away and Creating Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 3. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. And if you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find that channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the Lord is sovereign over our lives, and sometimes He disciplines, and sometimes He uh, pours out blessings that blow our minds. Kind of like, you know, whatever is best, our Father knows what is best. And uh, He knows when we need a little reminder. Uh, if we're sliding away, spiritually dry, we need a, a bit of a, a tap on the shoulder, or, you know, maybe something a little bit stronger. <laughs> to get us back where we belong because we so easily wander. Lord, we feel it. Uh, But he also knows when we just need to have our minds blown once again by his goodness and his gracious hand and uh, how he gives us more than we deserve. Oh, how he loves us. I mean, man, he's good. So uh, here we are at the end of the year, and we've been telling you a little bit about Walk in Truth and the 
broadcast that has spread out to several different states now. We'd love for it to be all over the country and, for that matter, all over the world. Hey, we have a growing podcast family, about 4,000 listens a month to Walk in Truth, in addition to the thousands that are listening on radio. What a great privilege. And if you would like to partner with us in not only saying that Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you, but how could I reach someone like me in another state? You know, um, it's very rare that you could do that any other way than uh, a few of these mediums like, you know, uh, the Internet, for example, or radio or television. And this is one way that the Lord does it and has been uh, impacting so many souls around the world. The word of God never comes back void. And hey, if you'd like to partner with Walk in Truth and you believe in what we're doing, you believe in the Bible teaching, and you're like, you know what? I think for 2022 and the end of 2021, I want to I want to partner with Walk in Truth. I want to reach people. Well, here's how you do it. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the donate button, walkintruth.com, donate, and you'll see your uh, area where you listen. And uh, if you're a podcast listener, send us a note as well. By the way, on the website, there is a way to communicate with us. You can send us a prayer request or just let us know how the program's been a blessing to you. Walkintruth.com. An end of the year gift would be awesome. Uh, if you want to become a monthly partner, even small amounts like 10 bucks a month really help us to uh, pray and dream about spreading out more and more to reaching more people. Thank you so much. Hey, pray about it. Seek the Lord on it first and uh, see how he leads you. We love you and we appreciate you. And we are going to be moving now into an incredible scene in Isaiah chapter 6. And the message is holy, holy, holy. We'll meet you right here for that one next. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 6 called Holy, Holy, Holy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.